Hello and welcome to Elevate. I'm Randy Taylor. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here once again today. Uh, Elevate is a show bringing you in-depth interviews with the top experts in the world of human potential and behavior. My hope is that you take what you learn on this show and the guest experts that we have on and uh, take it and do something with it. So the question today is, do you believe the teacher? The most powerful tool in teaching and mentoring is belief. Nothing creates a stronger belief in the student as from gaining the practical experience from the teacher. Today's guest uh, is a veteran and expert in the financial services industry in a career that spans some 25 years. His latest venture was created using a peer-to-peer -peer coaching model to share best practices. His podcast is called The Discovery Series and is hosted on the Omnichannel Experience. A great, great pleasure to welcome our guest today, Ray Banji. Ray, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, thank you for having me on the show, Randy. One of the, you know, one of the issues about this, and I love this topic, um, and we'll get to this, you know, about the peer-to-peer -peer coaching and mentoring, uh, you know, endeavor that you're involved in right now. But I always like to begin with the messenger. And before we get to the message, let's learn more about the messenger. So yourself, fascinated, right? That, you know, we all start life as these, uh, you know, little babies. And then uh, along the way, we end up here. So for you, how did it happen? How did you get here? Well, truthfully, Randy, I got here when I was five years old. And it was a daunting experience when, unfortunately, coming from East Africa into Canada, specifically Vancouver, my father passed away of cancer. And that was my why. Oh, that sorry, was my really. why in terms of dealing with a traumatic situation. And, and, and really, it, it didn't go well. It didn't go well growing up, as you could imagine. Now, here's my mother taking care of two young boys by herself. Um, not a lot of money. Not a lot of money. But we, we tried our best to look at the situation and look at the positives. But Randy, the moment of real truth happened at the age of 22 when unfortunately my mother passed away. And there I was, and I remember this day, and you can imagine, I was at the bank and everything was in the safety deposit box. We had the wills, we had the insurance policies, maybe there was money, maybe there was a lot of jewelry, but everything was there. And you know what, Randy? I couldn't get in because I didn't have the key. I didn't have the key to actually get in. So here's this moment of truth. I'm like, what do I do? And that's when it dawned on me the importance of financial literacy in our world where somebody is supposed to be there to guide us. And that's what really the goal of the Discovery Series is all about. It's about sharing experiences, sharing stories, sharing best practices to help people like me to alleviate the struggle. So in, in that moment when, and, and people really, this is, this is such an important topic, and it, it is a little bit off topic from what we're talking about, but this is really something that's very important. So uh, my father-in-law passed away a year ago, um, and he, he, he died of pancreatic cancer, and it was you know, a long process and difficult and the rest of it. But they really had believed that they had you know, done everything properly to you know, provide documentation so that his wife would have easy access to everything. Um, and that was not the case, mm -hmm. uh, even though, you know, she had power of attorney and had so many other things in place, it was still a challenge for everything, for vehicle ownership, for insurance, for access to bank accounts, for, I mean, on and on and on. And, and they had, you know, worked on this 
diligently leading up to his passing, and it was still a major challenge. So spend a moment and talk to me about, you know, it's one thing to say, I, I tried to get in the safety deposit box and and couldn't find the key. There was a lot more to it than that, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And Randy, your story is a very common thread that I hear from a lot of people. And, you know, just imagine, we got our insurance policies, we got our wills, those are the standard documents, but there's other things. What happens to our social media accounts? They have to be closed down. What happens to all our credit cards? They have to be closed down. Who's our executor? Who's the accountant that's gonna file the terminal tax return? Who's the lawyer that's gonna get involved? Who's that multidisciplinary team of professionals that's gonna surround you? And this is why one of the tools that we've been showcasing on the Discovery Series show is a tool called the Personal Asset Inventory. And I'll provide it to you so that we could share in the show notes there, Randy. But most yeah. importantly, just imagine, there's one document of about 10 pages that houses all this information so that your loved one could basically open it up and there is the glue. There is the glue that links up your entire life's journey in one document. My personal story, my wife, my wife, she's a teacher, lovely lady. She teaches at an inter, in, you know, inner city school. She hates talking about finances, Randy. All I tell her is, listen, I don't, I know you don't want to talk about it, but there is this one black binder, and in there is their personal asset inventory. It houses everything that we have. Just go in there, and it'll be self-explanatory in terms of what you got to do. God forbid if something happens to me. Don't you think, too, you know, in, in, in looking at this specifically and then a number of different areas in life that as a society, we're really missing the mark with this captive audience of our children as they go through school. The fact that they are, are not literate, uh, you know, in finance and in mm -hmm. issues, you know, such as this, issues about, you know, how to buy a home, issues of what happens when you get into credit card debt, issues about natural health you know, and the intake of the food that, you you know, that goes into your body and subsequently what happens to you. Um, understanding my field, the science of human behavior, so that when, you know, you're challenged by that constant voice in your head that's talking you out of doing what you know intrinsically is it, it should be possible, then at least you understand the mechanics of the mind. I mean, all of these areas, I have just forever been flabbergasted that we don't take this and integrate it in, into the education system. Right. You know, and it's it's a point well noted. And I think this is where the difference is. It, it comes down to developing a peer-to-peer -peer approach on teaching financial literacy, Randy. And I'm so a big believer on it because if I, as a father, tell that to my kids, this is some steps that you got to do. I don't know if the message is going to actually get, get across. No, you know, my kids won't listen to me, but they'd listen to you and your kids won't listen to you. They'll listen to me. I get that. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. so this is where the peer to peer learning comes about. Right. And right. this is where the opportunity yeah. where we use a podcast, we use a tool that helps get that message out. And it's really sharing those experiences. But we thread the story in there. But then out of that story comes the why of what we got to do to help kids, wives. So right, fill in fill in the gaps for us and then we'll move into, you know, talking about what your podcast is about and the, you know, the mission and everything else. Um, but the gap between uh, losing your mom, going through all of this uh, and, and your career leading up to the launch of the podcast. So what, you know, what's been going on in your life the past, yeah. uh, you know, 20, 25 odd years? 
Yeah, well, after that moment, you know, the very, very first thing is I had to get out of Dodge, Randy. I had to get out of Vancouver, you know, just to explore the world, see what's out there, visit family. But the realization happened in 1998. Well, I had to pay for these bills, right? And yeah. so I started to apply for several jobs. And one of the very, very first jobs was a, a small company, insurance company in Toronto, which is the present company that I work for today, that's now large. And uh, I applied. I applied applied as a life insurance agent and guess what out of out of university they hired me on a salaried position and I do remember I do remember the interview and I remember the um, mentor that was interviewing me and he asked this question and the question was this if you had a chance to write your epitaph your 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 eulogy or even your tombstone today what would you say what would you write and I remember that answer because I just finished a copy reading um, Woody Allen's book and I remember this line Life ends as quickly as it begins. The trick is to enjoy that moment. And I remember just reading it off just like that. And the gentleman said, okay, you're hired. And that because was that's it. what life is all about, right? Did you, did you make the connection in that moment to, you know, to the tragedies you had been through as a child, losing your dad, losing your mom, the f financial struggles and, you know, what insurance, you know, provides for people that safety net. Did you make that connection and think, I, I maybe I was supposed to be here today. And this is, you know, this is a path that makes sense for me. Yeah. Well, certainly at the time, it didn't dawn on me at that moment that I had to be there. It was about four to five years after I got hired where my mentor said, go to Vancouver, go back home, visit your family, but attend a conference. And I remember attending this industry-wide conference and standing in line at the buffet, and there was a, a short South Asian elderly um, insurance agent in front of me. We got to talking, we exchanged our names. He stood back in shock, Randy, he stood back in shock. And what he said was, I was your father's life insurance agent. And he started crying. We went off to the side and he was very apologetic. And he said, I should have been there for you. And I should have been that financial advocate for you because I realized that you had a lot of hardships and he was just sorry. Money could only do so much, yeah. but you need that guidance to help you, a mentor, to do what you, you need to get done with it. And that was that moment of truth where I could share this story and I can emphatically uh, tell people with experience that you really need to harness financial literacy in your own way, but there's various strategies to do it, but we need to get started on this journey now. And that was that moment. So you're, you're working in this field, uh, working in, uh, in insurance and that little company, Desjardins Financial and Insurance has gone on to be, you know, a, a, a massive force in, you know, in, uh, in this country and, and beyond. Um, your love of the business also helped to transition you into, you know, being kind of like your wife, being the teacher at the front of the room and now starting to work with advisors in, uh, in training and development, correct? Right, absolutely. Started the journey off as what the industry calls an insurance wholesaler, which is a marketing rep showcasing ideas, strategies. But you know, Randy, in my experience, the best conversations were always in the lunchroom with financial advisors. You know, you would do you would do your sort of seminar session and you had something in mind, but the best conversations and the conversations in the lunchroom were three things. The first thing is, well, how do you find your clients? 
that was that was number one. Number yep. two, well, what was your sales approach that you used to get that client engaged and interested in a dialogue about financial literacy? And then the third thing was, well, what was that winning case? How did you get into that winning case? What were the client profiles? What were their pain point pain points? What were their problems and what were the products that you used as part of that process? And through that lunchroom conversation, blossomed into this wonderful idea. Well, hey, I think we gotta do a vodcast on this, right? On this concept. Did it really come down to, I mean, that that illuminating light about doing this as peer-to-peer that and it really it, it really reminded me. Uh, of the fact that in the lunchroom, when these people are, you know, sharing their cases and best practices and everything else, it came down to a story. And when we tell a story, then the person sees the movie. I mean, if I if I told you a story right now that King Kong is on top of the CN Tower and is hanging on with one one foot and one hand and snaps off the antenna and a 747 goes flying by and it smashes off a wing and it crashes in a fireball on the lakeshore. You just saw that. Right. Yeah. That's why radio's cheap. <laughs> Theater of the mind. So, you know, when, when someone's explaining the story in the lunchroom, you were seeing this. And when we see the movie, we have an emotional response. Right. This is not, you know, the dry textbook, you know, kind of here is how you do this. And here's the lecture and here's all the information. It's so I met this couple and I come up their driveway and two of their cars were just buried in the snowbank. They had not even gotten out after the storm to clear the snow yet. And so by the time I got into the house, my shoes were full of snow. Right. You're, you're, you're starting to see that movie. Uh, and then as they begin to explain, right, the conversation they had with the client and, you know, the, the, the problem that the client had and the solution they provided, now it starts to become real. Was that... Um, you know, I almost want to come and work with you now. I mean, it was that <laughs> the, uh, you know, the impetus for this peer to peer coaching model that you said, we need to get these people in front of lots of people. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, you nailed it on the head. It's all about, you know, old fashioned storytelling. And when it, when, what you reminded me of is the three communication techniques that I find a lot of individuals, including financial advisors, absorb. And traditionally, you know, there's the visual and we got to display the visual, the bigger picture. And there's so many ways that we can create that ambiance. And I think a podcast like this helps, right? Creating the visual. Then is, then is the auditory. So this is the part we got to listen. But sometimes in that auditory, there's different strategies and becomes a little bit of a process. And how do we take something that can be so technical and make it alive? And it comes down to the third communication technique, which is having or being kinesthetic. And that's that emotion. That's that emotion connection where we just share two passionate stories, you and me, about my traumatic experience and your experience. And we've come together realizing that there's a problem. But then the question is, after we identify that problem, well, what are the solutions that we can do to help people and solve that? And that's where the peer-to-peer model really comes in because who are the best storytellers out there? The people that lived it, the people right. that lived that experience, right, Randy? Yeah, no, no question. And, you know, in, in looking at this, I mean, one of, there's been so many shifts in, you know, in, in business and in technology and marketing and, and so much. I mean, when video came onto the scene, um, you know, the, the concept of being able to share information over video for the average person without, you know, being on NBC News was was just incredible. And so it, it began as the talking head. 
Right. So I'm Randy Taylor. I'm the host of Elevate. And, you know, here's what we do on the show and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm talking at you. Uh, yeah. And and, you know, that's that's one form of communication. This form of communication, you know, that has been wildly popularized by people like Joe Rogan, where you're not being talked at, you're eavesdropping on a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and so that shift to this kind of style of sharing information. Um, and I've had so many people tell me that this is such a more interesting way of gaining knowledge uh, of listening in and, you know, kind of listening over the shoulder of a couple of people having a conversation, and then you find out so much more about it. So my question to you is in the world of teaching, mm -hmm. the conversations you've had, how, how many seasons have you had the Discovery Series going? Yeah, so we've got uh, four seasons. We're on our fourth season, and uh, we're almost at 30 episodes. Uh, we just uh, recorded our last uh, our last episode for the final version of season four yesterday. And bang on, Randy, uh, you know, there's something that to be said. First of all, it has to be relatable. You know, Randy, so many times when during COVID, when we watch individuals, you're, you're being talked at. So the game change was, well, let's bring like-minded individuals that are, are financial advisors that have experienced this and let's, that, let's let them be the storytellers. And I think what's important that comes out of that is being authentic because they're the ones that are able to basically dissect the situation and it's their story. It's their story and other people that are listening to it. And we, we, we actively engage in our audience of over a thousand financial advisors and they tell us, they tell us one thing, I learned better this way because the problem that I heard with that advisor, you know what? I experienced the same way. And I was able to take what they said and implement it into my practice. So all of a sudden there's that connection. There's that connection and it comes down to just being authentic in that conversation that we have. So in, in having, you know, gone through this for four seasons, you've talked to a lot of people about this. You have a lot of uh, viewers on, on your podcast. Are you getting the sense that, you know, this is kind of becoming the shift in, you know, in the education vehicle as opposed to the, you know, the professorial model of, you know, standing on stage and, and preaching to people of having this model of peer-to-peer -peer coaching, not just in, you know, in, in financial services, but this being kind of the, the burgeoning new model for all kinds of industries. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be, Randy. So there's a lot of light bulb moments when we experience and showcase the Discovery Series. And one of the light bulb moments is our audience. 60 to 70% of our viewers are female financial advisors, which I find fascinating. The other experience is not just vodcast. As part of the omni-channel experience, people want to hear peer-to-peer -peer in different forms. So it could be a vodcast, it could be a podcast, it could be live in-person events. Also, social media, Randy, is a big one, using platforms like LinkedIn to engage. And then the last one is uh, being authentic through the use of workshops. And what we've done and designed is a Discovery Series workshops using best practices from a peer-to-peer -peer model, having about 15 to 30 financial advisors in a room to share ideas and concepts and leveraging off of the shows that we've highlighted on our podcast. So we're now bringing the digital experience into reality when we do these Discovery Series workshop events. So what are some of the, you know, what, what, what are some of the, the, the best topics you have 
covered in this, the guests that you've had on, some great stories that came out of this, and you know, ultimately, what you believe that people are, you know, taking from this and uh, and learning. Yeah, the one that comes to mind right off the bat, it's 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 my personal favorite because I'm from Kenya, so we had a great interview with an advisor, uh, and in 1972, going back uh, back to your uh, memory, there was a problem. There was a problem in Uganda where there was an evil dictator uh, named Idi Amin, and he kicked a lot of the South Asians out of the country. So I had an interview with an advisor that was there on the tarmac having guns at the age of 11 she had guns pointed to her and she basically had to leave the country but one of the things that she said was this if it wasn't for cashing in our life insurance policy we would be dead because they needed money and the only source of money they had was the cash values of her life insurance policy to come to canada they come to canada a year later randy her father becomes a life insurance agent for a major company uh. it's the circle of life he passes away 10 years after, now in, we're in the 19, uh, 1980s, she inherits his business, the block of business. So this journey, just an incredible journey and passion could only be told by this experience, but it shows what the power of not only what the solution does, but the power of a personal story of how she actually, life, life was given to her, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, boy, there is so much to this that, you know, it's peer to peer and, you know, these are real clients and these are real stories and these are real solutions and everything else. But, uh, you know, talking about, you know, this, you know, this young girl standing on the tarmac in, you know, in Uganda being kicked out of the country and then the story comes to life. And, and it's my sense that everyone watching your show is going to learn the power of storytelling because there is, right, there is no solution without the story. So right. it, it is the storytelling. And I've, you know, I, I do a lot of, you know, training and development of uh, people in financial services and, and being able to do that and share an example of, you know, look, here's the solution, but here's how it applies. And I hope you never, ever call me, uh, you know, needing this product, but here is an example of what happened to, you know, to a person that was very close to me and, you know, here's how it impacted their life and here's how it saved their family. And here's right. It gets because then, you know, you're 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 talking to this prospective client in in, in terms of it's real. Yeah. Right? I hope there's never a story because of what we're doing together. Uh, but here's an example of what happens when it is needed. Yeah, 100 percent, so. Randy. But the most common, you know what I find, Randy, the most common, common story that I'm hearing from a lot of people Unfortunately, there's a lot of claims. There's a lot of health claims, all right? There's a lot of death claims. But more and more people are actually talking about how a policy like critical illness helped them because they had either a cancer or they had rheumatoid arthritis or they had something going on. And I'm just hearing a lot more. Quick story that comes to mind. I was doing an interview with a gentleman by the name of Neil, who is a financial advisor. And we reflected on one of his very first claims this year. And unfortunately, it was suicide. Now, he never ever had a situation, but he was able to develop a process to help someone in need given the situation. But he was also there as an advocate to put the resources that the family needed to get some additional help, which was counseling. Now, the moment of truth when this podcast hit, other advisors listened. And the first thing that they said was, I never thought about. I thought I was only there to deliver the check. I never thought about how I can help the family in other ways. 
so this was told by Neil and so many people around that that room was just filled with yeah there was sadness but they were filled with an understanding that there was a better process than what they were doing right now to help fill that void so that was a really really good example of what was shared on that particular moment yeah and i and i think that you know for the people who are you know on on the business end of providing the solutions and delivering the checks and doing all of those things one of the you know one of the issues that uh, I talk to a lot of people in insurance about is listen if you don't think you make a difference in people's lives you need to think again. Yeah. I recall one time being in a in a financial services region office. I was waiting for a, a meeting with the regional director, I think, and uh, and this family came in to the to the waiting room and they asked for an advisor. Mm -hmm. uh, and the advisor came out and I, you know, gathered the information from the conversation while I was waiting for my meeting that uh, they had just come from the funeral and the advisor uh, had been there immediately, was very kind, had delivered the check uh, and they were all hugging and crying in this financial services office and they came to thank him for being so sensitive and so kind and so helpful in, in such a tragic time. They came from the funeral right. to his office to tell him he made a difference. And I was like, wow, it was just one of those, you know, you just get goosebumps mm -hmm. thinking about it and talking about it, that it, what, what an amazing difference he made. And so, you know, if that is the story that your, uh, you know, your audience is watching, I think a big part of it too is to consistently go back and reconnect to to your why. Yeah. You know, everybody makes a living, not everybody makes a difference, true? Absolutely. You know what, Randy? Your why has to make you cry. And if it doesn't, you gotta get a new why. <laughs> you yeah. gotta get a new why. And I think for a lot of people and a lot of individuals, they go through challenges. But it has to it has the moment of truth. And I always say on the show, you have to have passion and purpose. And it stems from your why. And the moment that you understand that, all of a sudden, there's something in your focus, there's something in your mind, and you're able to answer this one question, which is this one, and something that I've learned from you, Randy, it's all about your potential. Potential. So how do you go maximizing your potential? And I think it stems from what's your why? What's your, what's your comment on that one? Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, in order to... Lots of times people will see, you know, individuals with with great success, right? Here you are, here's this new venture, you poured your, your soul into it and, and it's taking off and it's doing really, really well and it's getting a, a lot of notice and people would say, oh, I'd like to start a podcast, but I don't know if, you know, if I can be as successful as Ray or as, you know, Joe Rogan or you know, pick somebody, right? But the reality is, is that going into any venture, are there going to be challenges? Yep. Are there going to be bad days? Yes. Are there going to be technical issues? Yes. All right. So, you know, we're all going to face the same kind of challenges. And so there are times when it will take extraordinary effort in order to continue on, you know, towards a goal or objective. And I, I, I love the line from the great philosopher, Steve Martin, who one time said, you gotta wanna, right? Yeah. And if your wanna is not big enough, if it's not strong enough, if your why doesn't make you cry, as you said. And if your why isn't something you wake up thinking in the morning and go to bed thinking about staring at the ceiling, you won't have enough fuel to keep going through those tough days. Right, right? 100%, 100%. Yeah. And you know, um, Randy, our business is lonely. 
it's a really lonely business. It's you and the car driving to the client, right? And then after you leave the client, you're driving back and you're re reliving that story. What, what happened? Did I do things right? I find the show is all about, it's all about solidifying whether I'm doing things right. And every time I make a phone call and I thank a, a guest and or I thank a fan for watching the show and I get, what did you get out of it? Consistently, they say one thing, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm on the right track with what I do. And that advisor or that guest that you had on shared something and really it solidified that I am doing the right thing. So I just got to either continue it or there was something in that conversation where I got to just change it. I got to change my golf swing so that I could play better. And I find that's that moment of truth, right? We always, we always feel that we're in this alone and how do we connect together? And that's where that peer to peer model is so yeah. sensational. And it, you know, it, it's so necessary for all of us. And people would say, well, yeah, but you're, you know, you, you work with this company that has, you know, thousands and thousands of employees and you interact with people and you go to conferences and you know, all these people and you have hundreds of clients and you're interacting with people all the time on the surface. It looks like that. The reality is right in your business, in a lot of businesses, people wake up alone and they go to bed alone and they're in the yeah. car alone and they're with their thoughts alone. And so this kind of a peer to peer model is creating community too, isn't it? Right. It, it's making them feel like they're not alone. They're a part of something. Uh, you know, they can tune in, they can watch these other people's experiences. They can reach out to you and connect and interact and ask questions. And so it's, you know, I, I just think it serves on so many levels yeah. to, uh, you know, to provide not only the knowledge and, you know, stories and skills and solutions and everything else, it makes them feel like they're part of something. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah. even, even the aftermath out of it, and I love how you position it as creating a community, it's even beyond because then what's great about this, then they don't need me anymore and they're able to connect. we got so many social media tools that people beyond this, they like that individual. Maybe someone's from Vancouver and they heard someone from Toronto. They're able to connect and they're able to share their experiences. And I think that's the beauty about this is the collaboration, which is a best practice. Collaboration is so important. And uh, I, we did a recording yesterday on, um, it was called Celebrating the International Women's Day. And the episode's called Embrace Equity, which is gonna be aired on March the 7th. And Randy, I was in awe because I didn't know this wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, her name is Jay, she came on the show. And I needed advice because I was having situations of financial literacy connecting with my wife. And here Jay was collaborating with me, providing me some tools and fundamental foundations, how I could deal with my own personal situation. And I think that's the moment of truth is collaboration is key and a fundamental foundation of coaching. Well, that is, uh, <laughs> that is absolutely fabulous. If it can make you a better a better husband, Ray. Uh, this show is really, uh, really onto something, isn't it? Or, so, or we can be that Starbucks on Dufferin and hang out with yeah. you there, uh, Randy. <laughs> That's right. So what's uh, what's next for uh, for Ray Banji? What's in the future? The Discovery Series. Uh, what uh, what are your plans going forward? 
Yes, well, Randy, uh, we're gonna wrap up. We have some excellent guests. We have a firefighter. She's the only female firefighter in her county. She'll be on. We do have a wonderful lady that's about divorce. Two things that happened in COVID. You had babies or you got through a divorce. Yeah. So Sarah's gonna be profiled on our show. Um, so after that season wraps up, we're gonna be going on the road. And it's called Discovery Series on the Road where we'll be at the Markham VIP Cinemas. We'll be in Vancouver. And what we're doing is we're inviting our advisors and we're showcasing them in a live audience call it a ted talk style but in front of a live audience and then ultimately we're launching our discovery series unplugged podcast and uh randy i do need some guests do you know anybody <laughs> i i would you had me at discovery series yeah i would love to come on and uh uh, and, you know, do something and, you know, share some experiences from from this side, from the, you know, coaching and training and development side of uh, of the world and human behavior. Sure. I'd love to uh, love to come on and do sure. a show. Just uh, let me know where and when. Thank you, Randy. There is one thing that we are working on for season five, and we're looking at the uh, equity, diversity, inclusion angle of what we do. Um, and we're profiling some advisors in the indigenous community. Uh, we are profiling some advisors in the deaf community and they're hard hitting. And I have to admit, this is going to be a challenge for me. I've never experienced interviewing some controversial issues before. And this is where I need a coach. This is where I need to collaborate with individuals like yourself to help me with some strategies. And this is where peer to peer comes in. So if I have a weakness, why wouldn't I connect with like minded individuals that perhaps will have experience? So help me in my interview, right? You, you know what I will tell you that a mentor told me is that when you're doing something that you love, the answers become apparent. Mm -hmm. When you sit down, I promise you, when you when you're doing these interviews, I mean, you you enjoy this enough, you're curious enough, uh, you care enough that you will ask the right questions. The interview will go the way that it's supposed to go. And, you know, the answers will just become self-evident uh, as you're going through it. So I, I think that's always a great lesson in anything that we're going into that's new. If it's something that we love, right, it, the answers will become self-apparent. They will show up. So not to, put, not to put me out of business, but um, give yourself the credit to know you know you're you're on the right path and and this will go the right way so yeah that's yeah. great advice randy and and by the way in 2005 i did see you present in a in a in an office and you inspired me because one of the things that i remember in that conversation is uh about focus and how that changed your game and it elevated you into another level and i think that's part of our journey is to have a focus so that guiding light that beacon you have something to look forward to, wake up every day. And Randy, I just absolutely love interviewing financial advisors. That's my space, but I love being curious. And I think that's the most important takeaway because our journey on this earth is, as my experience, it's not long, Randy, yeah. it's not wrong. So how well, do we- And you're that? obviously obviously doing uh, doing the right thing. We will share the, uh, you know, the, the links to, uh, to your show. Uh, the Discovery Series uh, and any other contact information we'll put on there. And uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, we'll get more and more of that, that audience of 8 billion people around the world to come and join <laughs> you and uh, learn more about it. Uh, Ray, thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, and joining us today. Uh, this, has been, uh, this has been fascinating. I appreciate it.
Thank you so much, Randy. And the one line that I close my show is make your practice a best practice. So thank you so much, Randy. What a what, what a fascinating interview. Uh, Ray Banji, just uh, terrific with the uh, uh, the Discovery Series. On behalf of everyone here at Elevate, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Randy Taylor. Have an amazing day and be well.